Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Right now at Safeway, earn four times rewards points when you shop for participating items with Safeway for you. Shop for items like Ready Whip Whipped Cream, Deer Park Natural Spring Water, Dan and Danimals Drinks, Philadelphia Cream Cheese, and 7-Up to earn four times rewards points with Safeway for you. Offer expires January 4th. Plus, get select holiday essentials like gift wraps, bags, holiday decor, lights, and more. Buy one, get one 50% off. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com or head in store for full offer details. I think Siobhan Faye had, had, had some credibility issues and it would seem that the fastest routes to credibility are to take on a low, a, a low voice, play the villain, dye your hair black, take on a gothic personality. The contrast between her as this kind of sadistic torturer and Marcella Detroit as this kind of angelic um, falsetto voice, it's... It, it 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 was it was amazing. It's unrepeatable. I'd like to see more of kind of the strange and unaccountable effects of music, rather than being able to sit down with with lyrics and say that these are good lyrics. Leslie Chow, author of the Twelve Strangest Women in Music: Your History. Welcome. Um, I always you. start these interviews with a, with a bit about uh, the person's own past and their relation to music. So could you really tell me what creative atmosphere you were brought up in and what sort of music your parents listened to? I think um, almost everyone in my family or in my immediate family is obsessed with music, maybe to an extreme extent. Um, my mum can't get in the car without a particular Antonio Carlos Jobim CD playing. And if that CD is not playing, she just can't drive. She can't go. That's it. The trip's over. So um, uh, I think all of us are, you know, obsessed with music and moments in music. Her period is probably, you know, Gershwin, Cole Porter, Duke Ellington, Ella Fitzgerald, Count Basie. And mine, as you can see, is probably more 80s and 90s pop. 
Your parents had amazing class. You, you listed <laughs> some of the most amazing artists there. Was music an escape for you initially? I don't think so. I don't feel like I had that much to escape from. It's just like an added excitement. Um, definitely b- before I start writing each day, um, I've got to completely lose myself and just dance around to music, just completely lose self-consciousness before I sort of dive into writing. So it's it's um, it's an important part in that way. I guess you could call it an escape, but it's more like a kind of a, just a tuning out of the mundane. I mean, the reason I asked that was really about the teenage years, because when I was a teenager and I'm really going to show my age now in 1972 I was 13 and um, Bowie was you know my initial hero and obviously connected to him through his music but not only that through the world he represented and in that era as a young gay man Bowie represented a world in where I felt I could belong so it represented something more than the music and I just wonder if there was an artist that represented um, something more, a community for you, something that was away from your parents? Um, I I'm, I write on film as well, so I think I experienced that more with film and kind of the deep nostalgia um, that you can get through film, for instance, um, you know, in, in the 70s and 80s, directors had a strong nostalgia for the 20s. I don't think I feel that same sense of kind of narrative immersion with music. With music, it's more about sort of the uncanniness of the lyrics and the way um, meanings in in music are deposited through rhythm, through um, through melody rather than through narrative. I mean, um, let's let's go on to the book because I think that takes us nicely into it. And and there are twelve uh, female artists that you've concentrated on. But what was the actual genesis of this book? Because it's actually it actually started quite a long time ago now, didn't it? Yes. Um, uh, I mean, the writing took six years, and um, obviously, I'd been having these thoughts for a while. Um, I, I think it was about the, the the mystery behind music, the fact that lyrics can tell one story, and that rhythm and melody can tell completely contrasting, often contrary story. That that's the mystery of pop music to me, and I think that's sometimes why it's been underrated. I mean, I think that's um, what that's one especially, of the two- especially in terms especially in terms of female artists. I mean, that's one of the, the key aspects of the book that make it that makes it so original. But why did you choose these particular women uh, in the book to highlight aspects of their music? Well, each of the female artists has they might not be outwardly strange. They not might be they might not be avant-garde in the way of a, you know, in, in the way of, you know, Patti Smith or Susie and the Banshees. But there is something, despite their omnipresence, something strange and mysterious about each of them. Um, with Janet Jackson, it's the way that logic ties her dance together, the kind of push-pull underneath her music, the contrary meanings within it. Um, with TLC, it's the fact that they have so many jostling voices in in, in that group. We've seen a lot of all-female R&B groups and um hip-hop groups but we haven't seen one where uh, the voices contest each other um, and sort of argue with, with each other and get confused with each other to this extent before or since. You write about film and that's been your um, job for many many years until you've right. uh, come to this book so is there anything about the approach that you take for writing about film um, that you've used in this book? Um, I definitely try to plunge into in um, the the parts of the music or the film. 
um, which I find the hardest to decode, but which have stuck with me and haunted me for some reason. And I can't work out why that is. And I try and work that out through writing. So whether, you know, it's like the bubbling up sounds in Chaka Khan, um, you know, the, 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 that kind of effervescence that sort of is released within your body. Um, it's it's something that um, you, you just repeat to yourself again and again, and you've got to try and work out why it's so addictive with film or with music, I think. I mean, you mentioned there Bishaka Khan and it's about the bubbling up sounds and so on. Um, I think what's fascinating is that most people who write about artists or interview artists delve into their biography, delve into what they've done in their life and, and how that relates maybe to the lyrics or relate somehow to the context um, of the song. And you chose a completely um, different angle. Why? I think there's plenty of people out there writing so much biographically on these stars. And also I think that um, sometimes biography or narrative can be overrated in relation to the creation of music. I think sometimes we don't know where, what, the sounds that we hear, the images that we picture, I don't think we necessarily know where they come from. Where does Nicki Minaj's Cockney accent come from? You know, why doesn't why doesn't she speak and why doesn't she speak a voice that is closer to home? Her her Cockney accent is better than Kate Bush's um, Cockney accent. Um, to look into someone's um, you know conventional history, um, their family, their milieu, I think doesn't tell the whole story of music. I mean, you mentioned that this this book has been going a long time, and that uh, you you must have gone through a long period of, of of research. And I just wonder whether the actual intention of unraveling the music um, was the first intention, or it's actually the intention changed along the way. Um, yeah, the, the 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 intention was to definitely um, delve into the music itself, into you know the different pressures and different you know, oddities suggested by the music and not to go through looking biography, relationships, not not the kind of stuff that, um, you, you know, not, not the kind of stuff that we wouldn't rationally associate with creating music because I think music can be, music arises from noises that we hear every day, from what we hear on, on, on TV, on the radio, little bits of sounds that we pick up and transmit. Do you think we're not actually really listening to music? We're somehow connecting, but we're not actually identifying why we are connecting. By we, I mean the audience. Um, like as in, we're not listening to the music itself, or well, the things that you have identified. You know, you mentioned a couple of them. We go into to uh, a bit more depth about that a little bit later. But you mentioned, you know, um, uh, with Shaka Khan and the sort of um, raspiness that's there. Um, and when we often listen to music, we just either somehow like it, so we identify in some way, but we maybe haven't really analysed why we're identifying, why we're identifying with a particular track, whereas you're really um, looking at the moments which make a track particularly special. Um, and we are just sitting back and maybe just listening to it and somehow it affects us, but we're not actually identifying why. Are we unaware or are we, you know, are we just blind to that? And we just going through going, oh, yeah, I like that. And that's but not really understanding why. 
Well, I think our bodies are very aware of the effect that music has on us. Um, even if we don't think with the rational mind, with a conscious mind about um, the impact that it's having. I mean, I think our hips certainly know when we're hearing Chaka Khan. Our shoulders know about Janet Jackson. Um, it's a matter of kind of processing those bodily reactions and seeing them as just as important as, you know, um, the fine lyrics of a Nick Cave or a Bob Dylan. I mean, that's fascinating because I think when you go to a, a, a techno club or a club which, you know, is play, playing pretty pumping music without, often without lyrics, um, right. your body your does. Your body registered first, yeah, right? Absolutely. So, so it's already there. And that's where I think a lot of people realize that uh, music has uh, um, a physical uh, relation to our own bodies. Um, and maybe, yeah, I don't know, maybe it's just me. Maybe I, before I didn't really sort of realize that part of the impact outside being in a club where the, where the music is pumping against your body. Um, right. You said that you puzzled over um, music since you were a teenager. Um, can you tell me, I mean, Nana Cherry was a was a very important figure for you. T can you tell me what the puzzle was there and, and what you unraveled? I've listened to those tracks so much that each of them has become, you know, virtually a character in my life. I mean, as a child, I would listen to those tracks repeatedly, you know, again and again. Why does that scratch feel so tacky, you know? Why does that sound feel so glitzy? And then the, the, these kind of all these strange sounds, um, that some some might find you know amateurish or synthetic that I find really unique and irreplaceable Nana Cherry and in her second and third albums the production becomes much smoother and you don't see that strangeness anymore but um listening to you know even just the very opening sounds of Buffalo Stance um or uh the the next generation it's 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 kind of like this um uh it's kind of like this zoo of different zoo of different sounds and effects that's um kind of um hard to digest but has an immediate effect on your body and so something that I wanted to work out image uh for Nana Cherry was a, a very important uh factor in her success I would say that she was a very incredibly powerful uh female in a time where there weren't many incredible powerful uh females like her so um, is in terms of success, do you think it's uh, um, an aspect that's detached from uh, the whole or is it the whole that creates the success? Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh, well, in terms of image, I think it becomes detached the more it has to do with marketing, the more it gets away from the artist um, and has to do with selling, which is, you know, 
no one really sells records anymore. So what female artists have a lot to trade in now is is their image. The music becomes secondary. But it just so happens that um, Rihanna has an extraordinary look, which corresponds to the sparseness of her tone and the sparseness of her music. Nana Cherry had, had this, um, you know, this kind of raucous screeching, kind of like, you know, all these fluorescents and kind of this, 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 this sort of 80s graffiti look that made up her image. And it is actually very close to the image, but that's quite rare these days, I think, where um, image is handed over if image is kind of the the major the major source of generating money these days, I think it's going to be handed over to someone who's not the artist. When you wrote about Rihanna, you said that, uh, or you write that she, in essence, phones her vocals in. We don't hear a lot of um, kind of nonchalant, kind of swaggering female voices, or we haven't up until Rihanna, Nicki Minaj. And 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 a, f- and a few others more recently, we tend to hear kind of um, intensity and effort from female singers, and that seems to what have been that 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 seems to what um, ha- have been expected. But um, even if you look at reviews of Rihanna's most recent album, there's a lot of stuff about well, she's not trying, she's not even enunciating, she's phoning it in. What is she even really doing? Is she doing this between makeup lines? I think one reviewer said. Isn't she doing her nails between episodes of America's Next Top Model or some, something like that, right? But you wouldn't look at Cary Grant and say, well, that effortlessness is just laziness. It's that effortlessness is her distinct quality and, and, and the charm of her voice and her presence. Do you think this sexism remains then in in music? Because no one would say that, you know, you, you mentioned Cary Grant, but no one would say that as a sort of non-female singer um, about what what's said about Rihanna, would they, ever? It does seem to be the case, and it's probably why I've concentrated on female artists in this, in this book. The fact that um, lots of people might um, respect or cite Nana Cherry as an influence, but, but um, look at the volume of writing on any grunge artist of the 90s, mostly male, versus writing on Nana Cherry, it's minuscule. There's a lot of curation of music. And, um, you know, if you go into the internet, it's it will be things like the, the best songs of all time or my favourite songs of all time or whatever. Um, More than ever, yes. Yeah. And these this curation of music is often based on sales or it's based on some sort of personal opinion. And it's not actually based on what you've looked at in your book, which is all about innovators, people who have done something totally original, totally new, but not really got the respect um, for that. How do you think then that can change? Well, moving forward, I'd love to see um, less emphasis on lyrics, on order, on cohesion, and more on strangeness. We're not allowed to have one-hit wonders anymore because music doesn't make money. Um, But that strangeness of having um, one hit or one sound that that is an ear that is an earworm. For instance, that um that 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 tones and I song that everyone seems to hate, but it's it is genuine it is genuinely odd the way it burrows into you. I, I'd like to see more of kind of the strange and unaccountable effects of music rather than being able to sit down with 
with lyrics and say that these are good lyrics. You also write about um, Shakespeare's sister, Siobhan Faye and Marcella Detroit, who I absolutely uh, adore. And one of the reasons okay. that, that I adore them as an act together is because Siobhan came from, you know, this very popular mainstream band um, to, I think, in a sense, that uh, for her it was very difficult because she was seen as being throwaway and not very deep and not, you know, really musically because critics sort of saw them as such a sort of pop band. And then along yes. comes Marcella Detroit, who's got this absolutely mm -hmm. amazing uh, credible and no one can deny it history um but together they create this amazing um combo which i think also plays out from their uh different paths and they play the villain in their music so can you tell me a bit little bit about this idea of the um the villain and um yeah what it sort of meant in the context of shakespeare's sister well, coming from Banana Rama, whom I also really love, um, I, I I think Siobhan Faye had 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 some credibility issues, and it would seem that the fastest routes to credibility are to take on a low a, a low voice, play the villain, dye your hair black, take on a gothic personality. All of that sounds very contrived, but what makes the music memorable is that she was so invested in that in 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 that role. Um, almost to the level of kind of disgust or peculiarity, almost like a kind of, uh, you know, this aged Miss Havisham figure. That's the way she inhabited the role. Um, and um, the contrast between her as this kind of sadistic torturer and Marcella Detroit as this kind of angelic um, falsetto voice, it's, it, 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 was, it was amazing. It's unrepeatable. Um, and just for those two albums, I think they managed to um, come up with a dynamic that was so strange and so engrossing. Um, since then, they've tried to, re I think they've re recently reunited and tried to release more music. But I think that moment has gone. Um, they, um, I mean, Siobhan Faye was so deeply invested in this idea of kind of melodrama, of kind of um, aging male divas and young male heroes something that the rest of popular culture hasn't been interested in for 50 years. And she was able to give it such um, such detail and such depth. Part of that melodrama also came through in their videos and they were very much inspired from that film, Cat Women on the Moon, I think it was called, yes. uh, yeah. which is which you can find on YouTube and it's fabulous. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. It's just brilliant. Yeah. Um, why are these women not lauded more? Well, I think for... Some of the reasons we described earlier that have to do with um, um, the idea of literary lyrics, rightly lyrics, being more privileged than um, unaccountable sounds, juicy sounds, fake sounds, synthetic sounds. Um, I think there's also a big part of the culture that recoils from depictions of sexuality tied to age, and that's the case with Shakespeare's sister and later with Janet Jackson. We can also see that with Madonna now. Um, that's that. Um, so I think uh, 
for those reasons, like uh, some of the perversity of this music has either not been acknowledged or it's been shied away from. I mean, one of the big things about um, uh, the females that are that are in your book, and there are some other females that have really had an impact on identity and how we view identity, and particularly in today's era, um, how we view identity. So how do you feel um, that they have changed popular music of today and they have changed the view of identity today? Well, I think the point is that most of them haven't been able to change popular music enough, that they've been regarded as outliers, they've been regarded as, you know, pop trinkets, one or two hit wonders in the case of Shakespeare's sister. Um, they should have been impactful, but they've never had anything like the influence of, say, Nirvana or Radiohead. Um, Nicki Minaj, I think we see, has been um, pretty influential in terms of the way that she's been able to adopt a number of characters and voices, um, alternative personas, and 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 in the strangeness of her appearance all the time, which is, you know, patently artificial, yet um, totally authentic in some ways. So I think she's been um, influential in changing the image of what's pop of what's possible with female artists and popular music. But I don't think, for instance, Janet Jackson gets the respect she deserves, or that Chaka Khan um, is is routinely name checked among you know among the great singers of our time unfortunately tell me about janet jackson then what is special about janet jackson and her music i think it's the way that for, I, I i consider her greatest song to be if from um the album janet and you can barely hear the lyrics in this song it's almost all kind of momentum and throb leading up to a catharsis that kind of uh it it's 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 not the kind of song that 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 would win any awards for songwriting because it's all happening um sort of in an undercurrent in 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 the in the rhythms of the song in the way it builds up to a catharsis in the way the words are sort of in the intention of the song is kind of suppressed um those are things that are hard to discuss and you know not the stuff of awards how does the video to If actually add to that feeling of the undercurrent? It's one of my favorite videos of all time. Um, <laughs> it's it, it's inc it's incredibly glamorous in the way it has kind of different um, uh, viewpoints and kind of bits of surveillance and voyeurism that are seen as you know part part of part of the sexuality. We don't know who's looking at who all the time. Um, and, um, you know, Janet appears golden in it, but she's sort of like, you know, the queen of this dark realm, similar to, you know, what Prince might have inhabited in the early 90s. Um, we see it also with ja uh, with uh, Madonna in Justify My Love, but we don't see it very often with female artists. I mean, Dominic Senna was the, the director of, of IF and um, what, what films he made? Swordfish was one. What's um, fascinating um, about your book for me was that it has started me listening to tracks and identifying parts of tracks, which I'm finding the, the originality within the track, which I hadn't done before. Um, but how has actually writing the book changed the way that you listen to music now? Um, I think that in, in some ways, writing, writing the book was 
my way of coming to terms um, with my obsession with music and sort of the intricacies of rhythm. And having digested some of those, I then don't need to puzzle over them so much anymore. I've kind of moved on to, um, you know, other voices and um, because I write a film as well, I'm starting to think about the strangeness of actors' voices and how they can distort the meanings in a movie. Well, that's fantastic. I mean, I really love that idea. I mean, I'm a screenwriter, so oh. this, this appeals to me totally. Oh, um, good. Uh, so, I, I, and I think actors should be cast more for voices because, you know, and the wrong voice can completely unsettle the mood of a film, the tone of a film. We don't acknowledge great voices, particularly in actresses, often enough. I mean, I live in Germany and it's really odd if I go to see uh, a film that's being dubbed, then of yeah. course I have a completely different relation um, to the film. So, so I so I remember I totally seeing Audrey Hepburn on on German TV um, speaking in a very very severe militant voice, and you know not not being able to put this together with the image of Audrey Hepburn. So I, I, I wonder what it is that um, you know I want I wonder how star images differ in countries where they do tend to do mostly dubbing. Have you met any of these uh, artists that you've written about? or no, seen I mean, them live I, or had a con had yeah, a sort of I've more seen, closer contact to them yeah i've seen nina cherry live uh tlc azalea banks a few times um i've i th I, th I think i've not gotten the kind of closeness and intensity that i've been able to get through uh li th th through listening to the music um i think I've, it's it's very rare for um, an artist to be able to translate the kind of mood that they have on an album to a, to, to a live performance. I think I've only experienced it very few times, maybe with Prince, with Tricky. And I think with these other artists, there's kind of so much paraphernalia and image that surrounds them that it's kind of hard to get the feeling of an immersive experience in concert. Have you had any reaction from any of the artists that you've written about? Because I think that would be fascinating because they must, uh, you know, they must appreciate the depth and that you've actually gone into in the, in this book um, in analysing and, and looking at their, their music and the nuances um, in their music. So that would, for me, be fascinating if they responded. Um, I think there have been likes on social media, on Facebook and on Twitter, um, no detailed responses that I know of. Um, so I don't know whether it's, you know, it's the PR team or whether it's the artists themselves generating that. Um, I, I hope that, um, I hope that, um, so, so, so someone like Janet Jackson or Chaka Khan who doesn't get, who, who, who acknowledged as great, but who don't get, um, I think sufficient respect, um, for the distinctiveness of what they do. I hope that 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 helps in some way. I mentioned curation earlier and that a way that we also not only um, rediscover older music, the way that we get new music is often through curation. How do you find your new music? Um, I, 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 when it comes to a new album, I kind of listen to everything one, two, maybe three times, but I, I wait for things to make a kind of specific ridge or dent in my consciousness. And if it doesn't do that, I don't think I'm the right person to write about it. If I'm just listening to it consciously and thinking, well, here are the lyrics, here are the genres, 
if I'm responding to on that level, I don't think I'm the right person to to to, to explore what's distinctive about the music. That's brilliant. I, I mean, I adored your book. I think it's really fabulous oh, because you. it's a really new uh, angle and fascinating aspect of, of music. And we don't often read something which actually awakens a, a new side to things. So thank you very much. Your book is called Your History, The Twelve Strangest Women in Music. Leslie Chow, thank you. Thank you so much, Steve, for having me on. Up there is an interview I recommend. Down there is where you can find all the podcast interviews. And here is where you can connect. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.